Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On today's episode, I have an amazing guest who I'm really excited to talk about some of the less spoken about nomadic topics. So we are going to dive into that and so much more from how she came from the poorest country in the EU to making money online and making her dream of being a full-time digital nomad come true. Let's jump into the episode. So today I am very excited to welcome our guest, Anna. Anna is an online business manager and right-hand wingwoman for many businesses. She helps to manage the backend systems, projects, operations, and teams within her client businesses. Today, we are going to be talking about so many different topics of being nomadic, running a business online, and quite a few other topics, which I'm really excited to get into. So Anna, thank you for being on the show today. So excited to be here and thank you for having me. Absolutely. So why don't we get started by you telling us a little bit more about who you are, where you started this nomadic journey. Um, And I know that you also say that you came from the poorest country in the EU. So I would love to hear a little bit more about where that is and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, that is so true. Um, So my name is Anna and thank you for the lovely intro, Nicole. Um, I'm a digital nomad, have been traveling for I think about four and a half, almost five years now. And I do indeed come from the poorest country in the EU, which is Bulgaria, Um, a very hot nomad destination, by the way. Um, a lot of people coming to Bulgaria nowadays. One of the reasons is because it's cheap, <laughs> but also very beautiful country, amazing landscape. Um, I love the food as well. And I didn't even know myself that we were so poor. <laughs> that that I came to find out later when we start when I started traveling. Um, so yeah, my journey as a nomad, I um I always loved traveling. I always wanted to see the world. And I then ended up for my uni years in the UK. And UK was very challenging itself. My first country abroad, living abroad. I'm not not a native English speaker. I had to kind of like get into the whole lifestyle. And also, it was also very funny how you might think that you know a language, but when you are in the country you realize that the street lingo is completely different so I would like sometimes be I don't know what they're talking about although I speak English right so it took a while and um when I was in the UK I had this opportunity to kind of like have very cheap flights back then flights were pretty cheap so you would have I don't know like 20 pounds 30 pounds a flight to Barcelona or let's go to Paris or let's go somewhere you know just for the weekend so I started traveling and I fell in love with it I fell in love with it so much I started asking myself the question how can I do that how can I see the world and work and back then um, I didn't really have any qualifications I didn't have a lot of options so the first thing that came to mind was, well, you speak English, right? So 
why not teach it? And it was a big thing back then. Um, so I went into the whole research mode. I started looking into how I could get certified and I got my certification to become an online English teacher, which it turned out that after I got it, it was not so easy to get a job anyway. <laughs> um, so that's how the journey started. And then when I became an English teacher, I realized, oh, you know, it's people don't want to work with me. They They just like they would turn down my... Uh, application straight away and um, I was very disheartened I didn't know what to do and I started researching and looking into it and then I realized hey it's it's me again it's my passport it's my nationality it's that's the problem and what I did I don't think that's something that a lot of people do but I assure you I'm not the only one I just lied about it I lied about where I come from and I just I was in the UK at the time I had this English diploma I had all of the docs but I lied about my identity and I started teaching English online <laughs> so that was my first ever online job and um yeah that was that was an interesting time when I realized that um my passport in a way defined me and I did not want to have that and it's also the time when I realized that um, I want to fight the status quo and just build my own thing. <laughs> wow that's quite a story. Um, thank you for sharing all of that first of all. So you know I have also lived abroad and I have unfortunately heard of exactly what you experienced with being a non-native, especially in certain countries, um, being very difficult. So, you know, kudos to you for instead of giving up, knowing that your dream is to travel and to work online and this is what you want to do. And so going for it. And if that means having to take some alternative routes, I mean, it's gotten you to where you are today. So how did you start from being an English teacher as your first online remote job to now transitioning into what you do full-time today, which is being an OBM, an online business manager, and having your own business and absolutely loving what you do. How was that transition and how did you even start to think about, oh, I can do something else instead of teaching English? Right. Thank you for this question. So I was an online English teacher. I was not really loving the fact that whenever they asked me about the weather, I would have to say it's rainy because they thought I was from the UK. <laughs> it was so funny. They would be like, oh, so teach us today about, um, I don't know, London. And then I'm pretending that I'm actually from somewhere I'm not. And it was very hurtful as well, you know, like lying about your identity just to, you know, live a life is the most upsetting thing that could happen to anybody so although I was kind of starting to live the dream of becoming a nomad and I was where others were at this point on their journey as well it was not I didn't like it I didn't like any of it and I felt very uh, limited and the job itself was not fun so I was like okay so that was the first step I'm not gonna I'm going to be an online English teacher forever. So what could I do? And I did a lot of research. I 
I didn't know where to start from. And back then I stumbled upon a few certifications for starting as a virtual assistant and being a VA and then a whole other world opened to me where you could potentially be your own boss. And I took the course, I dove into the world. Um, it was, it's been quite a journey. It took me, I think about almost two and a half years to build this up. And it's been yeah, it's been very interesting. I, I back then also I had all of these, you know, limiting beliefs and questions. Who would want to hire me? I'm not American. I'm not from Canada. Who would want to pay me as much as I want to be paid? How can I charge that money? Uh, where do I find find those clients? All of these, all of these questions. And I know I'm not the only one. And it was just so scary to even jump into this whole world and I remember I was so paranoid as well about like when people would ask me where do you come from and I would say well I'm based in Portugal and then I would try to avoid my nationality you know and I'll be like like I, I like I travel the world and I do this and that but I would always try to avoid where I came from because I've had so much, you know, uh, like so many problems with it in the past. And like people would want to pay me less or like not like treat me or not think that I have the qualifications. So I was very paranoid about it. And at some point, I think that I was just like, I, I started gaining confidence. I started having clients. I remember having my first client officially. I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you serious? Like I have my first client. I remember like after the call, I just had half a bottle of wine in my fridge and I just took it out, poured a sip in a glass. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's real. It's happening. And then, so once I started like on this journey and, I had no money to start this journey. Like I, at that point, I gave up the online teaching English. I was like, okay, I'm starting this course. And at this time I was just, I was broke. I was completely broke. I was sleeping at a friend's couch. I was, I was just trying to see what could I do with my life. And then after the course ended and the money that I invested in it, I had only one goal. My goal was like, I want one client that's going to cover what I paid for this course. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, I, I kept on getting cancellations. Like, I didn't know how to talk to people. You know, it was like you learned the whole thing. So after, after I uh, had my first client and I started building up, I realized, hey, I love this. Maybe I would like to learn more skills and just you know take more responsibility and get into a whole new role and it started building up from there I took another course another certification um, a lot of my clients I kind of tested out working with them on mini projects to build up my portfolio and yeah fast forward up to now um I am an online business manager. I manage the back end of my clients' businesses and I'm still learning every day. So, 
Absolutely. I love that you said that you're still learning every day because I think that's so important. We can get stuck in thinking like, oh, I know everything and I know exactly what I'm doing, but it's so beneficial to continue to learn and grow, grow within your business, grow that so that you can help your clients. Um, I think that's really a big component and I'm the exact same way. I'm always trying to learn new skills, learn new things, listen to new books, um, to be able to really just be the best that I can be within my business, my clients' businesses, my personal life, for my traveling, just for really every aspect of life. So I would love to also ask you, and you very briefly touched on this, um, and I believe off air we talked about you traveling the world at the very beginning with almost no money. So is that something that is possible if you truly want to live a nomadic lifestyle? How did that go for you? I know that's not your situation now, but <laughs> I would love to hear how that worked, the logistics, if it worked back in the day for you. Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, so I know how a lot of people say, and I've had that like sometimes I would be traveling and people would be like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You're living the lifestyle. It's so amazing. Probably you're making so much money. And I look at myself back when I wasn't. And um, even now, I mean, I think that it's very useful to know how to budget anyway. And it like it also creates this... Um, like a safety net where you know that if something happens, you know how to handle it because you've already been there. You've been at the bottom. You know how this works. So yes, I started completely broke and that's not, I don't recommend it. <laughs> but um, but um, it, it says that if you want to do something and if you really want to travel, you can, you really can. And a few of the things I used were um, so when I started traveling and the first thing that is like, you have to look at your expenses. And then the biggest one is usually accommodation and transportation, right? So if you find ways to arrange these two, your cost of living is pretty low. And there are dozens of ways to do it, especially when it comes to accommodation. There are a lot of Facebook groups. There are a lot of ways you can exchange accommodations for any skills that you have, or you can find accommodations at very lower rates as well. If you just like spend more time, it is really time consuming and it does, um, it's, it's not like something that you can, like, you got to be researching a lot. And it's also a little bit of luck. But at the end of the day, I would always find something that is aligned with my budget. And I would try to make it work in terms of the month, wherever I'm going and for however long I'm staying somewhere. Um, and also you make so many friends and it's such a valuable, I feel like nowadays, I don't even like, not that I want to go back to that lifestyle, but all of those people I met and all of those, uh, like it was, it was so valuable, the, the connections and like the exchanges and it's just, it was such a good experience. Although if you think about it, it came from from 
lack and it came from me not being able to provide for myself at that time and then yeah also with transportation always looking for the cheapest flight and then budgeting in terms of food all of it all of it but it, it is possible and let's also know that when I started traveling I actually started traveling in Europe and Europe Western Europe is not a cheap place to be so um, your network is your network and that also comes <laughs> when we talk about traveling not only business I love that that is so true absolutely so thank you for sharing that I think that's a really interesting story a really interesting way to start and you're right you know you when you have kind of been at the bottom you know how to handle it if you ever do get back there so it's kind of a nice I don't know, I guess a nice benchmark, not that that's ever going to happen, but you don't have to stress. Yeah. You kind of know how you're going to react in that situation. Um, so I would love to chat about some questions on being nomadic. So, and this is a question that you gave me, which I absolutely loved. And that is, is nomading a Western privilege? And what also kind of ties into that is, are there less nomads from poorer countries? So I would love your opinion on this. Yeah, thank you. Well, before I answer, I would want to ask you one question. And that is how many nomads from a non-Western country have you met while traveling? Yeah, so honestly, not too many. And, and, you know, I said to you before we started recording that this was a really interesting question because I myself have never actually thought of this question, but when you pose it to me and I actually start thinking about it, really not too many. Mm, and why would you think that is? <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to say the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I do think it's unfortunately still a Western privilege, Nicole, and that's why I'm here and I'm trying to be this expander and to just tell people that it is possible and it is harder to do, I'm not going to lie, where I've started from and what I had as resources is not the same as a lot of other people would have. And I've been traveling for a while now, and there's a certain number of nationalities and countries that I always meet on the road. And it's kind of given me this perspective of like, which are the countries that could afford this lifestyle. And let's be fair as well. Um, most, it is a lifestyle where you would want to optimize your expenses and your quality of life right so usually it is a lifestyle where we would want to have more money and end up in a country that gives us this quality lifestyle versus our currency and what we make in terms of money and sometimes people don't ask themselves well what would these other nationalities um do would they probably want to travel as well where would they go if they wanted to travel can they afford ever this lifestyle and it, it creates a lot of traction. I totally understand. It's not a topic that a lot of people would want to discuss, but it is true. And it's also a part of my story because I remember back home living in Bulgaria and having all of these 
back then I called them rich foreigners, you know, like people that come to my country and they would say, oh my gosh, it's so cheap. It's so cheap. And I would be like, it's cheap for you. It's not cheap for me. And I would be like, I want to be these people, you know, I want to be that person. I want to say it's so cheap. When would I be able to say it's so cheap? Coming from the person that comes from the poorest country in the year, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, you create what you want and it's not easy. And we start from different uh, steps of the ladder, but it is possible. And I would like to encourage everyone that comes from, a country with less possibilities or um, feels like there's no way to do this. There is always a way. And I would love for us to just give also more opportunities to uh, others and expand as nomads our like business field, you know, because while I was looking for my clients, I also was faced with a lot of prejudice in terms of, oh, you know, like, I come from the US, why would I want to work with you? Although it's international, although it's a remote job, right? Or, like, it's not even the time zone thing. It's more of like a, um, just a limitation of the mind where people don't understand that if we have this opportunity to um, make good money, why don't we help others to to have that too, if they want to, and if they can provide that service. And it is a little bit of a bubble because also like in Europe, you know, you have your job. And I noticed that a lot of people, let's say Germany, France, or like they have a remote job, but it's in their own language because they can charge the Euro. They can, they don't have to, like, I run a business in a language that's not my mother tongue. And that was the only way for me to do that. Nobody cares about where I come from, you know? Like, nobody would pay me that money in Bulgaria either. I had to work for my... Like, I had to make this work. And that was my choice. And I sacrificed everything I could to make this work. And it's not been easy. But it's possible. And I want people to know that. And I want all of my fellow nomads around the world, if they have the opportunity to work with somebody that is not a native English speaker, that is not um, a disposition or level yet, but they want to be given the opportunity to be a digital nomad, just open the door, give them that opportunity because I'm grateful to any client that came to me and believed in me and worked with me and I wouldn't be where I am if they said no. Wow thank you for sharing that that's really eye-opening and really interesting to hear your perspective of things um, and I am so amazingly happy for you that you have made it to where you are today and you're living the lifestyle and one thing I thought was really interesting that you mentioned was when can I be that person who's in Bulgaria and going, this is such a cheap country or inexpensive country? When can I be that person? And it's really, it really, it gives me goosebumps to like be 
hear somebody's opinion on the other side of things because as nomads and as myself being from a western country too you often don't think about the other side of things so thank you for sharing that and it's really insightful and I think something really important to keep in mind when as nomads we travel to a lot of these countries so in you saying that I have to ask this question Um, I've had this debate with other nomads before around the world Do you think that you need to know the language English in order to be a nomad? I think absolutely. (laughs) It's, um, it's, I I think that not only English, um, I feel like wherever we go, or at least that's just me, but um, learning a language an international language to communicate with each other is important but I feel what's also important is that when we end up at a certain country and we're staying there even if it's just for a little bit just to learn you know how to say hello goodbye thank you and just a few other words the basics I feel like it really makes a difference because people care when you care and through language and through just communicating with locals um I've seen sides of countries that I don't think a lot of people would because sometimes as nomads we have our bubble a little bit you know like we it's it's a different lifestyle and I totally get that but it's also nice to experience the country from firsthand and sometimes that happens when you make a little bit of an extra effort and I've noticed that even you know when I say thank you in the local language or just like try to communicate with them in any way I would get so much extra in terms of like even like a you know they would give me a free coffee or it's not you know they would even like try to make friends and or they would give me better tips about what to do or how to do it and it's just so important to um, appreciate the people in the country we are I, I think that's that's something that is one of the reasons where we travel to these countries as well. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, and I feel almost awkward whenever I travel somewhere new and I don't even know how to say hello and thank you is a huge one for me. Um, you know, like th- those kind of basic or how much is also I find very important yeah, when yeah. I don't know how to say those very basic, simple phrases, I feel kind of awkward. But then I also feel awkward saying them because I know I'm probably butchering it. And sometimes they don't yeah, understand yeah. what I'm saying at all. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's the effort. And usually they can tell you're a foreigner and they can kind of string what you're trying to say together. <laughs> it's the effort that counts for sure. I, I feel like I've striked quite a few conversations just asking, you know, how do you say that in your language or whatever and they know we're never going to be fluent or learn it you know or even if we do amazing but it's just like a nice way to show appreciation and yeah yeah I completely agree so in you saying all of this and sharing your story which thank you by the way I have to ask you what has been your biggest challenge that you have faced either in your business in your travels in your nomadic life what would you say overall has been the biggest challenge that you have faced? Mm, biggest challenge. I feel like depending whether it's on business or travel, challenges have been different. Um, 
as a nomad though um i still think that what they say about nomads and maintaining friendships and loneliness is a big thing um I only recently kind of started to um, travel in a way where I maintain my friendships. So I end up at a destination where my friends said that they would be. And it's just like this global network of people where we kind of throughout the year, we 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 meet up in one place. I meet up in one place with some friends and then I meet up in another place with the other part of them and then but maintaining that and having a uh like just healthy relationships I feel like it's a struggle um and I'm still figuring that one out I feel like I'm getting better at it I have a lot of like monthly check-ins where we would sit on the call and just talk to each other and but it's not the same and it's true especially depending on whether you're somewhere for a longer period or you're constantly moving or your friends might be. I feel like this is still something that I'm figuring out myself and it, it seems to be, it seems to be challenging. And um, sometimes nomads are in the mood to make a lot of friends. And then sometimes they're like, you know what, I just want to be with somebody that really knows me and I don't have to explain for a thousand times where I come from or what I do. And it's a very dynamic life in comparison to other people. So yeah, that is that is a big one for me. Yeah, that's a great answer. I feel the exact same way. Sometimes I just don't want to explain again what I do and where I come from and my story and the background and how I got here. And it's been seven years in the making and like, you know, just everything. And I'm just like, I just want somebody who knows me, who's a friend. So I think that I totally agree with you. And it is fun and exciting to meet new people and people from all over the world, but you do face those challenges. So thank you for bringing that up. I think that's really important because a lot of the time when you think of being a nomad or you see it online or on Instagram, of course, you only see the positive aspects of it, but yeah, it is so, a yeah. lifestyle. Just like if you choose to live in your home country, there's pros and cons to it. And it's kind mm-hmm. of something that we all need to figure out in our own way, in our own time. So thank you for sharing that. Um, the last question I have for you is one thing that you have learned along your nomadic journey. Um, being nice and kind always helps. So, um, I've just noticed that it's being personal in any interaction is always better. Nobody likes to be treated just like a number and, I've noticed that because as nomads, we, we're always dependent on other people um, when we travel, asking a question, uh, crossing a border and the person at the border not being in a good mood, um, getting from A to B, buying that ticket or being in a country where you need to just the price is not clear and you need to negotiate the price. And there's just so much extra work 
it does teach you a lot about yourself. That's for sure. I feel like I always say that I learn who I am through travel. I just learn about me and who I've become through traveling also through my business and all of that. But you, you're always in a situation where just so many things that you cannot predict and you just don't know. And I've just learned that if you're always kind, always nice, always treat that person on the other side, like even if they didn't treat you well, if you just try to switch the energy in the room and just like be nice, everything's possible and it just applies to so many other life uh, directions so that's my takeaway from that's my biggest lesson absolutely I could not agree more and that is a perfect way to end off the podcast so Thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your journey, which has not been easy, but it's very insightful to hear about where you came from and how you got to where you are today. So thank you for sharing that and all your wisdom along the way. I really appreciate you being on the show today. What an episode. I hope you got just as much as I did from that episode. It was really interesting talking to Anna and hearing more about where she comes from and how she's gotten to where she is today. So be sure to share this episode with a friend if you yourself or a friend are interested in becoming a nomads or you can message me at Nomadniques on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, I would love to chat about what your takeaways from this episode were, as I'm sure all nomads alike have gotten different takeaways from this episode with all of the amazing information and story that she provided about her life. Thank you for listening to the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast, and I will see you next time.